Let's get into the panel. We've got uh, Ron Duffersey joining us to kickstart things. G'day, Duff. Yeah, g'day, Dave. How was your How was your weekend, mate? Did you have a winning weekend? No, I lost, but uh, had a, a very enjoyable weekend. It was uh, a really good day at Kembla. Um, obviously, the big story is uh, the locals with Rob and Luke Price and this young apprentice of theirs, Brock Ryan, who rode a winning treble on on his feature day there, and you know, man, he's finishing his apprenticeship in a, in a week. Uh, so he's going to go out in a blaze of glory. He certainly will, mate. Uh, Dean Lester joins us. Uh, of course, it was Ballarat Cup meeting down there in Victoria. Dino, and it looked like, uh, well, the pub that I was at, there was plenty of roaring going on. So I think some punters got some chocolates. Uh, yeah, well, there's some uh, pretty uh, popular winners probably uh, through the day. Duchess of Dorset and yeah. Marabi were the, probably the two most uh, popular at uh, Ballarat. But uh, no, it was, a, it was a good meeting. Track played pretty well. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was good to actually have people on course. It was great. Hey, Munns, uh, good morning to you, mate. Uh, you were down there at uh, the Gong, obviously, for the, the couple of days when Duff was there doing form lines, etc. Um, great to see a big crowd there on track. Yes, good morning, Dave. Morning, Ron. Morning, Dean. Morning, listeners. It was. It was good to see uh, people get into the races. Unfortunately, the weather wasn't kind to the Illawarra Turf Club. I don't know whether that impacted the crowd to any great extent, but there, there always seemed to be plenty of noise and uh, plenty of people when you, you look up and around the enclosure and the parts that we can see from our uh, commentary position at Kembla. But uh, the racing was good, and I think it's a similar situation that we spoke about in Newcastle a couple of weeks ago. This has only got the opportunity to get bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, it certainly does for yeah, both of these standalone meetings. Let's talk about uh, the gong, Duff, uh, and just how good this horse is. I mean, uh, he obviously was got, got out in the market at, at one point from what he was when uh, when he earlier uh, was what in all-in markets and final fields, and we'll get that from Munn shortly. But, geez, he's got this turn of foot. And, I mean, look, every time we've spoken on Luke Price, he's always, you know, been quite confident about the horse. But for, was that visually the most impressive win you've seen him involved with? Well, pretty well, yeah, pretty well. He, he did get a uh, a masterful ride, I must say. We were earlier in the week. He went up two ninety on Wednesday, and the first the first impressions are well. I've got to oppose him from, from you know from that barrier at that price, and and then all of a sudden we get to mid morning on Saturday, and he gets to six dollars fifty, and you go, wow, we've got a wet track. It's not going to be so bad down the middle, and all of a sudden you. you you're sort of willing yourself to, you know, to back him as far as knowing that he's over the odds now and not way under the odds. And uh, like they did they did Jerry late uh, because I think he was in about 480 at the finish there. But once he got into that position, you know, who would have thought? He just went bang. He went one off the fence midfield. The horse has got a great racing brain mm. um, where he settles and, and then he can pick up and sprint and... At the top of the straight, you knew it was all over. Uh, Brock was just counting to 10, and he counted it to another 10, and then he let him go. Uh, it was all over. So he, he was a, he's quite a dominant winner, and he's exciting for him, you know, so they can every everything's on the table for him to have a crack at yeah. as far as the autumn's concerned. And you can't say much about the beaten runners. You know, Nudge run well. Yamazaki uh, flew uh, on a track that she probably likes it drier. Uh, Berterbeck's um, still got a, you know, uh, might be a summer cup horse. Exaboom's got his foot on the till. And there's a few that didn't handle the going there. But uh, all in all, a one-act affair, I thought. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you've got any data to come out of the meeting yet, Dino, as obviously it is still early Monday morning. But, um, I mean, visually it was impressive, um, you know, with that turn of foot. Do the the figures 
back up the win? Uh, I haven't got anything as yet, Dave. No. But uh, yeah, he was uh, look, he, he was terrific, and and all the form lines uh, hold up right through. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's amazing stuff. Looking through his career, even uh, you know back when he was. Uh, uh, early doors, yeah, running in a 72, running third to Private Eye. Uh, they've gone right the way through the spring uh, from, that was in January, uh, and and they've uh, been uh, an Epsom winner, Golden Eagle runner-up, and now a, a gong winner. Exactly. The form is there around him, and he paid the price because he, he went up, to, he carried the 57.5 there, and a lot of the horses that had form around him had significant weight drops out of that Golden Eagle, uh, where he didn't. So it just showed his dominance and, and the upward spiral he's on. So he's been carefully handled. He's never had more than four runs in a preparation. So, yeah, he's a, he's a well-looked-after, very promising horse. Munns, talk us through his price, because as, as Duff alluded to, he's short in the week. But did he get to $6? Uh, $6.50, Dave. Jeez. Um, was the best price, and um, that was... I'd say with not long before we went on air, we went on air at 10.30 with the Sky Thoroughbred Central preview, and I said to Duff, I said, this is $6.50 now, and he said, no, 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 can't be. Can't be. Well, it was a race, um, well, when when we got to the races, and that was about 20 to 7, he was a $4 chance. By the time we got to doing the race in the preview on Sky Sports Radio, which would have been around about 20 to 9, uh, he'd got to $4.60. By the time we finished the race uh, on the radio, he was $5. Oh, the finished the, the preview, sorry, at 9 o'clock, he was $5. And then you probably said, well, you know, the race to get him out should probably finish now. You know, he's, mm. uh, uh, you know, and, and was starting to rain and different things like that. And then, you know, when he got to $6.50, you said, well, you know, hang on, where do we go here? And, and, and even when I Am Superman came out... Um, who remained a sort of $7.50, $8 chance all the way through the day, and even with the, the track being wet. And when he came out, he was still $5 then. Uh, Do you think... And then got into a sort of around about $4.40, $4.60 when they jumped. Do you think that it got... And chime in here, Duff. Do you think it got to the, he got to six fifty because of the, the map? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. But uh, that, that map should have been adjusted once we got mm-hmm. rain coming into races four, five, and or earlier even. It was pretty well rain all day and we're probably up to a seven by this stage. So the map didn't really play a bigger part as we would have thought earlier in the day when we're working with probably a good four. Um, and, you know, the first two races we had horses up the rail, barriers one and two, Cornell at race two. Uh, the, the guru come along the inside and then all of a sudden we, we got a little sleet of rain and then the track evened up with a, you know, a blink of an eye. And later on, obviously, it got better off the rail. So the map should not have come into play. We didn't, most people didn't adjust their form accordingly. We've got our first caller, guys, on the line. I think we've got to joining us Thomas. G'day, Thomas. Hey, mate, how you going? Good, mate. Um, just uh, Dean Lester's. I'm just after um, a report on Mimi's award. Yeah. In, it was race seven, uh, Ballarat, yep. on yep. Saturday. Yep. What do you want to know? Uh, is it any good? <laughs> uh, well, I think she is. I, I don't think much went right Saturday. Um, no. Uh, she's yeah. She hasn't been beaten far. It was a high pressure race. Uh, she ended up from barrier one, the widest runner. Uh, I thought uh, I thought her run was pretty good, really. Um, I think. Uh, 
she, uh, if, if they keep going with her, she can probably win a race pretty soon. I wouldn't be surprised if she bobbed up in the Packenham Cup Saturday week and, and ran well. I'm not saying she's going to win it, but uh, I would say she'll run pretty well. Uh, over 2,500, that's what she won the Adelaide uh, South Australian Classic over. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thanks very much, guys. Have you got a share, Thomas, or something? I do. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. What? 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 Well, what did? Or you tell us? Yeah. What was the report from Ben and JD on the oh, on the video? Oh, the stack man was. You know, he's, he's very quiet as always <laughs> on his riding. But yeah, no, the barrier was no good. But uh, they're looking at the Pac-Man Cup, and uh, I think they're all there. Uh, all, all their thoughts on Zaydani. So he could have saved so, me all that time looking yeah. at that. I was going to say, uh, hey Dino, just pass your details on to Ben and JD, and you can probably put that on the next training invoice that goes out. The old, uh, you, can, you can charge him for that. Beautiful. Um, all right, perfect. Thank you very much for your call, Thomas. Thanks, guys. Does, it, does that mean he just doesn't trust Ben and JD? He just thought, oh, we'll get D- I want to get Dino's thoughts here. Um, I like, I like it when an owner comes on and says, <laughs> yeah, oh, is yes. my horse any good? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it has won a well, group three and it's yeah. been running in group twos. It's, it's, I, there's, a lot, there's a lot behind it. I know that. <laughs> um, it's always, let's, always good to get a second opinion, though. It is. Yeah. It is. There's a, there's a couple of uh, texts here just on Ballarat. We'll jump to the cup then, Dino. I'll bring you in here. Um, obviously, uh, a big win for Ben and JD. Uh, with that horse up the inside, uh, which was uh, Zaydani. Um, what did you make of the win? I know that uh, there was a lot of people where I was, they were on Yonkers, and they were roaring at home. Yeah, well, it, uh, he all but got the prize, didn't he, Dave? He, he ran yeah. well. Uh, this was uh, this was a strange race because uh, thought of that, we know he likes to lead, and when he leads fast, he, he's a hard horse to beat. Well, he led, and he led slowly, and he gave... Horse like Yonkers with the big weight and easy run sitting second and Zaydani up the inside. And what thought of that can't do is actually sprint off a slow speed. He needs to sort of string them out and make it a bit of a slog. And uh, he played to the strengths of all the others. Uh, and Zaydani right up the inside beating uh, Yonkers. Vanagirl ran well. Uh, very good horse in this race, Foxy Frieda. She went back from last. Uh, she's run fifth. She ran the best 600, 400, 200 of the meeting. And... Uh, I think as a five-year-old, I wouldn't be surprised if she won a really big race. You know, I, I don't know if she's a, you know, she could win like a naturalism win her way into a Caulfield Cup or something. But she is a very good horse, Foxy okay. Frieda. That was a, that was an enormous run on Saturday. Is that the horse in the the white and blue yep. colours that sort of came down the outside? Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, Foxy Frieda there, boys. But before we take a break, obviously we got some sad news. It always is sad news. When it filters through it and makes you remember some wonderful times at the racetrack. But yesterday, that uh, that info coming through about Mahogany passing away at the age of 31. Now, I was only one, and I think I was yeah, I was one uh, when he won that uh, that race, the size prodigy at Eagle Farm, uh, and then obviously went on to the Castle Main Stakes. Um, never got to see him in the flesh, but gentlemen, um, for those the three of you that got to see him and all our listeners out there, what type of horse was he, Duff? Oh, he was, he was a fantastic horse. You know, you just look at the winning distances that he won at and he won, went to Derby and then he, he wasn't really a stayer and he was just too classy. Uh, Dino, you, there wasn't many better in his time. No, there wasn't, Duff. And uh, look, I think, you know, I think a lot of champions are uh, endeared to by the public because their life-changing experience for their connections will... Lloyd Williams and Kerry Packer are very wealthy men, so they, they didn't get that. I don't think he got adored like a lot of champions do but he was a champion uh in you know he won the derby 
by seven lengths at uh, at Flemington. Uh, he came back about uh, what was it? About ten weeks later, eleven weeks later, thousand metres at Sandown and ran fifty five point nine, carrying fifty seven, beating older sprinters on his way to winning a uh, Vanity uh, Debonair and then the the uh, Australian Guineas. Uh, beaten in the Australian Cup, beaten in the Rosewood Guineas, and then won the AJC Derby. So just phenomenal that he could win from 1,000 to 2,400 uh, in the space of about 10 weeks. Munns? Oh, he was, he, he, he was a Fair Dinkum champion, uh, Mahogany. Mm. You know, the, the versatility that he showed to be able to win from 1,000 metres to a Derby 2,500. And the, the funny thing about it was he had a fat record first up over sprint courses and you'd think you know when horses are stretching out to you know races like derbies and turnbulls and everything like that you'd think you know well he's resuming in a thousand meter race just to you know blow some cobwebs out here or do whatever but not only blow the cobwebs out he blew the rest of them away yeah. Well, yeah they decided you know that he was such a good fresh horse but they you know there was that preparation in 1995 where they decided that they wanted to win the cox plate with him well he ran in the uh what's now the mckaybe diva first up over a mile and Jern beat him ahead. Then he didn't race for seven weeks, and he went into the Cox Plate, gave Octagonal ten and a half kilos. It was the first year of the Strathair. He raced on the inside, which was no good, and Octagonal beat him on the line. So, uh, yeah, look, he was, uh, yeah. It, I mean, you think of all the iconic races, and other than, say, a Melbourne Cup, he was he was some sort of part of most mm. of them. There's One a TJ yeah. Smith. Yeah, there's a famous... Do you think, just before we um, we go to a break, do you think that, uh, you know, we've had... Um, I mean, we're talking about this horse's versatility and the distances and, you know, the, the the spaces he was winning races by, but do you think we've maybe had a few other champions sneak by that or horses that could have done what he did, but obviously, you know, due to commercial reasons, we've we've whisked them off and we haven't... We're not going to see this type of performances in years to come because they'll just be cuddled and put away? Oh. Yeah. They've got so many options now, and yeah. you know, you've got to have well, a gilded to do it. seems to be afraid, a, a real um, afraid-to-be-beaten sort of mentality, whereas these horses, they'd go around that, yes, they'd get beaten, So, it did, but it didn't, you know, didn't diminish them at all. Duff, you know, the horses that you know, Bart would try, you know, Bart won 12 Melbourne Cups, but he tried a lot of horses that couldn't quite run two miles, but didn't diminish from their legacy or anything like that, and, uh, and they were tried at different things, and uh, now we sort of pigeonhole them very quickly. There's a uh, a very before we um, take a break. There's just another famous little yarn. I suggest everyone if they want to have a read. um, Greg Hall. This came out a few months ago. He was talking about mahogany, and uh, he was talking about that Flemington Derby day, and uh, how he was in the mounting yard, and Lloyd and Kerry came up to uh, to have a yarn to him about the horse, and he said, "I'm standing in the middle of this bloke who's worth twelve billion, and I've got twelve dollars," and he said that. Mr. Packer used to call him Boyle's son, and he said, "What do you think, boy? Do you think um, you know so and so can win?" And he, uh, Greg, goes back to Mr. Packer and says, "Well, how much have you had on?" And he goes, "What do you mean, how much have I had on?" And he said, "Well, how much have you had on?" And uh, Kerry said, "Well, I've had 1.6 million on it." To which Greg then replied, "Oh, okay. Well, did you drop your handbag? Go and have a decent bet. This will win by a minute." And then obviously carrying that went off and had another three million on it, and everything. Uh, the rest is history. He won by seven lengths at nine to two. So and every, uh, everything had... went right too. It was lovely. Yeah. The speed, everything was beautiful. Yes. Got the right run. <laughs> yes. Third defence. Yeah. Troy. Troy's in the line, wanting to talk about eleven eleven. G'day, Troy. Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm well, mate. 
That's good. Yeah, I um, I'm one of the part owners. We were down at uh, Kembla on Saturday, and obviously had a great day. All the owners, but even more important than that, I just wanted to give a really big thanks to all the staff down there on Saturday. Um, we due to the rain and everything, and we we're trying to get uh, the proper bands and tickets, and uh, they really helped us. Um, got Erica. Hickman was with me, got her into the members bit, and um, we had another, uh, Adam Carney, who owns a few horses, his wife, and they got two twin boys, and the staff were just absolutely brilliant, mate. Fantastic, mate. Uh, Duff, while we've got uh, Tim on the line, I mean, he was impressive, uh, 11-11, and no doubt, uh, well, hopefully... Anna opens those borders and uh, they'll be all heading up to watch at the Magic Millions. Yeah, for sure. I think he goes to the razor sharp first and he's just a, such a versatile horse. You know, he's he, he, from, you know, from 1,000 to 1,400, wet, dry. He adapts to tempo. You can ride him closer. You can ride him quietly. So he's a complete racehorse who Greg's done a marvellous job with. He, to pick up so much prize money, just picking off... Obviously, he's won that on Magic Millions Day the past two years, but... He's just picked up some great prize money, hasn't he? He certainly has. Uh, Tim, thanks for your call, mate. Beautiful. Uh, just on the Beaten Brigade, I heard you uh, touching on um, with the Big Sports Breakfast about Malkovich. I mean, he didn't lose any admirers. No, no, he got beat by a good horse. And he, you know, he's, he's, he's run really well all preparation, just hasn't cracked it. So, wisdom of water, he's pulled another run out there. I, th- I thought he was going no good, but... Uh, he went uh, to his best. Space Boy did work and did his thing. And there's a couple that, you know, I saw him um, probably he wasn't far off there at the finish. But all in all, it was uh, all about the winner. He's a he's a good horse. He's early in his preparation and he can train on and run well in his next two races at least. All right. We've got David on the line. Morning, David. Oh, hi. How are you going? Very good, um, mate. I'm really glad you did that little thing on Mahogany. He was growing up when I was young, one of my favourite um Ever horses mainly because of his versatility, but Duff and Dean, I was I often sit around and late at night, you know, talking to my old man. He talks about horses, and he said, "This is what my old man reckons." He rated Mahogany if he go the second most versatile horse he ever saw. But um, Duff, you, um, he says as he gets older, he said at the time, he said he never really appreciated Kingston Town because my dad was always a Tullock man. He just he wouldn't hear anyone ever being as good as Tullock. But he says now when he looks back. He said there's never. He doesn't think there's been a horse like Kingston Town. Um, he'd start odds on favourite first up um, over twelve hundred the Premier the Express Stakes, or later on in the campaign before he went to Melbourne he'd be running over twenty four hundred metres and still odds on. Wouldn't matter whether it was a sprint or a staying race, he'd expected to win, and he won from twelve hundred to thirty two. Um, don't know what you think. Is he, is he about the most versatile horse you saw, Kingston Town, oh, in terms yeah. of just versatility? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the starting point. He's obviously the starting point, and you've explained why. And he did it all through uh, not being the soundest horse in the world. He, he had to be very carefully handled. And, um, yeah, Kingston Town is your starting point as for a versatile champion, and then we move down the list. I always think of uh, three, and Kingston Town, Mahogany, and Shaftesbury Avenue is the other one for me mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I mentioned it before. In 1991, he started his racing year by winning a Lightning Stakes, and he finished that racing year by running third in the Japan Cup and probably should have won. So uh, he even did mm-hmm. it on an international stage. So he had uh, remarkable versatility and, and won new markets and all aids and everything in between Caulfield Stakes in that, in that calendar year.
Yeah, it's um, good number. Dean, whilst you're there, can I, oh, can I just ask you, um, the railway on... Um, it's so sad we didn't have um, interstate horses, but that winner was so impressive. But amazingly, they said he was the shortest price favourite since 1894. Quite incredible. But he, God, he looked good in winning. Yeah, oh, geez, he's exciting. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard. Like I say, you're beating up your own little area there, but I, geez, he looks a good horse, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's uh, he is. Yeah, it was a it was a very different run uh, railway. They usually go frantic speed. They only went a very even speed, and it just it, that probably even played into his uh, hands even more from the good draw. They virtually conceded. I think uh, he ran the best. 600, 400 of the day, second best last 200 and, and cruise time. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's probably, uh, you know, in, and considering he's a derby winner, uh, he's probably going to be better at uh, maybe even 2,000 metres. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a good win. But as you said, hard to gauge beating just the, the locals. Mm. There was another horse, uh, another very good horse who beat up on the, on the locals there yesterday. Yes. A horse called Golden 60. I don't know if you all sort of got, got to have a look at him. He made it 15 straight in Hong Kong. He, he was, I won't say it's the worst ride I've ever seen, but anyway, he, he was giving them, he was giving them 10 lengths. They've come home the last 800 in 44-2. And he, geez, he looks good. He looks The race good. call was pretty good describing him. Yes, he was. He was. Ferrari <laughs> against taxi cabs. Four Hong Kong taxi cabs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, just uh, we've got a bit of news here, so just take note. Warwick today is off punters. Uh, they've some really wild weather up in the western part of Queensland and that over that border area too, in New South Wales and that northern part. So be safe. You're uh, out and about in those areas uh, throughout today. Um, and just uh, before we jump to our next caller, who's Mark? Just on uh, Willie Pike, Dino. I mean. Uh, we say it time and time again, um, he just put on a bit of a clinic. There. I mean, obviously he had the cattle he was steering around, which also helps, but just things happen for him. He's, you know, three back the fence and he's in horrors and it just the heavens open. He just he finds a way. Yeah, he still found a way to get beat on the last over there on Saturday <laughs> yes. and that was the one I chimed into. So uh, <laughs> God has chosen. Uh, he uh, he just couldn't quite get through when he needed to, but uh, ran second. But it's remarkable what he's doing. He's nearly up to 100 winners for the season uh, in WA already. He's, he's striking at 30% and... Uh, yeah, putting uh, you know last year where he spent a lot of time over here, uh, con- and uh, with the uh, border regulations concentrating locally, of course, uh, he is putting a gap in them at the moment. All right, we've got Mark on the line. Morning, Mark. Yeah, morning, Dave. Uh, Dina. Yes. Two year old, two year old went around on Saturday and gave mm-hmm. What do you what do you what do you think of it? Is that a magic man horse? Yeah. What's your opinion of it? Uh, which one? Sorry. Negation. Uh, oh, gee, she's a, a very small, slight filly. Uh, I would think uh, she will make the grade at some stage, uh, one of Kirk Goldman's, and uh, I think she was one of the first of the Hellbents uh, to mm. run. And she ran very well, uh, hit the line nicely, but, uh, yeah, I think I think that form will be a bit off what you'd need to win the Magic Millions, and I think she'll be a better horse in 12 months' time looking at her. She looked very, very immature in the yard. Okay. Yeah, 50 to 1 chance in the Magic Means if you want to have something on it. Yeah, love the way right. you finished. Hey, just one for you, um, Mun. How yes, much mate. do they pay you for the special effects on the replay? I you, come across very, you come across very well in the replay. I was watching the replay in Sydney yesterday. And you, 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 you don't turn your mic off. It's 
quite amusing. Oh, uh, I, I don't which, have control over the mics. That's someone else's job. So evidently which, they're not doing theirs. Which which race, replay is it, Mark? Race, race five at Kembler is one. He's in a few of them. Okay. So have a look. It's quite amusing. Oh, that's great. I think you've got five seconds in your month, the first five bets. <laughs> so no, Munns is Tommy so Berry. Right. That was Tommy Berry. Oh, Tommy Berry's awesome. first six yeah. rides rode a winner in five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Actually, I, there's a couple of texts about this. This makes sense, okay, because sometimes there's there's no names on these text messages, but you, you haven't sworn or anything, Munn, so there's nothing, no drama there, but you're it's obviously... American. I only did that once, Dave, which caused a bit <laughs> yeah. of emotion. They've, they've left your mic on, and apparently... Um, Over the replays. It's, it's like being at home on the pump with Munns. Uh, Munns is going, oh, have a look, he's travelling this horse, he's going to pull the ripcords here, and... So there's a bit of entertainment for you. Well, there you go, boys. Hot mics. You've always got to be careful of the old, um, the old Don't hot do the mic. Gun and go Some to people the have only got one job, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Glenn. Calm. It's all good. It's all good. We're going to have a good week. Hey, um, just uh, before we get to our next caller as well on 1353.53, we talk about, uh, we often have the question about uh, what was your, you know, the best horse you've seen. What was your favourite horse, boys? I'll start with you, Dave. I know I'm putting you on the spot there. We were talking about mahogany, but there's a couple of texts on the text line saying, you know, can you ask the boys just what was their favourite horse of all time? Oh, look, I go back a long way. Mine would be Ming, the old Ming Dynasty. And Dino brought up there another one of Shaftesbury Avenue. There, two of my favourites. Dino, oh yeah, you get it. You have a few, but uh, growing the up, the quarterback, oh, the quarterback, surely <laughs> has to be the fire. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he was he was very good to us. Uh, but I was sort of uh, probably more of a hardened racing person by the time he came along. It's when you sort of growing up and you see them. I remember seeing. Dulcify win the week before he won the derby and I, I just thought he was something else and then he went right through and I, I loved him and uh, Shaftesbury Avenue in recent times, I mean we've had all those champions I've only ever had my photo taken with one horse and that was uh, Zipping uh, I loved uh, how tough he was he, he ran uh, in four Cox Plates and four Melbourne Cups and uh, he, was, uh, he was just a tough old warrior Munns, what about you? You'd have some few, especially with Norm riding plenty, or was it something you've backed? Pl- plenty, maybe? Dave, that carried the black and white stripes, the green sleeves, and the black cap. When uh, Well, there's only one photo on the wall at home uh, at Mum and Dad's, and that's a horse by the name of Airfield, uh, who was trained by Matey Malloy at Orange, had two starts out at, uh, I think, Orange and Bathurst, then was transferred to a chap by the name of Ronnie McDonald at Canterbury in the, uh, the early 70s. Um, and after it had been beaten at Bathurst and those places, went to Gosford on a maiden on a Thursday. It was only about 6-1 to one to 6-4 to four on and broke the track record, I think, and uh, then won about his next eight straight. Uh, it was pretty good. And uh, he, he put, I didn't say he put the walls, but he probably put the roof on at home and a few other things. And uh, now anything that uh, Dad won on when I was young, you knew it was uh, happy days to be had and uh, always always good times when he'd, rode, when, when he'd uh, ridden a winner. And I, and I can tell you, there was plenty of times, Dave, I went to the races and uh, they'd had a couple of good trials. They'd run, you know, ninth beaten 12 lengths and 10th beaten 11 lengths. And uh, they'd go to Hawkesbury in a 1,000-metre race. They drew sort of barrier 15 or something, be... You know, 10 to 1 to 2s, uh, cross to the fence and win by 3. And uh, a lot of people shaking their head, but the right people were nodding their head. And I can't, I can't let you go without mentioning one more horse who I absolutely adored um, was Red Anchor. He's my other Oh, one. yeah. yeah. Let's was, get to uh, Dennis on the lawn. Dennis, good morning, mate. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, mate. Listen, a lovely story from the gong. Young Brock Ryan, uh, Ivy's uh, great uh, Nev, uh, uncle, his oh, great great grandmother 
turned 100 last year when he raced down at Maruya. Mm. And he got a winner for his great-grandmother. Great-great-grandmother. Very great on, story. On Saturday, he was sent a message that his great-great-grandmother had a winner at Maruya and she'll be riding with him on Saturday at the gong. Fantastic. So I thought it'd be a nice, a nice story. Beautiful. That's, um, that's fantastic, Dennis. Thank you so much for your call. We're going to have a chat with Brock 11 o'clock later on today on our Monday's Experts Chat. We've chatted before with Brock, but not as uh, not as in-depth. And he has got a, a, a crazy story about, you know, being up there in the North Coast, <laughs> sitting at the pub watching the races. And the boys that he was with on the day said, why don't you get into this? And he said, right, oh, I'll give it a crack. And he's obviously uh, just gone from strength to strength. He's got that support network down there around him of, of Luke and Robert. And I think um, Tommy's in his ear as well, uh, helping him out. So, no, he's, um, he's I think just... I think I read somewhere... Just, yeah. I think I read somewhere he worked in a caravan park uh, before yep. he started riding, yeah. Yeah, he was a mad surfer, apparently. Still is. Yeah, Yamba. Yamba was his, uh, his home beach. And um, he just, uh, yeah, he said, I'll give this a crack. And obviously it's uh, it's all just coming. But just to see him grow, I mean, I might come to you here, Duff, to see him grow as a man, really. I mean, um, I know he had that pretty wild haircut during the uh, the winter. There's, uh, there's a lot with the lockdown. But he, uh, just from speaking to him and hearing him speak on Sky after victories, there's uh, he's done a lot of growing up in the last six months. Yeah, and he's, he's worked his way through injuries and... Um, throughout his apprenticeship, he's, he's not as if he's a young man, a boy. He's, he's like he's a mature-aged apprentice. He's twenty-seven, um, so he's he, time to shine now. He, he'll come out of his time, and his greatest asset is, is just riding that limit weight because he's going to pick up rides left, right, and centre. Seems mm. to do it pretty easily too, doesn't he? Yeah, very easy. Yeah, he rides fifty and a half. Yeah, we've got another call on the line, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boys. Uh, Duff, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple of months ago I rang up about a horse that should have won at Brisbane when you were up there covering the meeting for far too easy, the thing from yep. uh, the Wollumba. Yep. I don't know if you spotted it on Saturday winning the second race at the Gold Coast, first up from a uh, like two to three months spell. Uh, as we talked about before, it's wins at Grafton were, were very good. I don't have a look at the replays of those runs. Uh, and then they stuck it up there. I wondered if you saw the run and what you thought of it, please. No, but I'll definitely look it up because uh, last time you mentioned it to me, I did, and I do remember, and it looked a pro- progressive sort of a horse. So, Duff, can I tell you before you watch it, mate? You won't you won't believe what you'll see on on, on your three play. Nine hundred meter race wise, through the extreme outside barrier, come from third last. Watch the run. That's all I can say to you, mate. Yeah, it's the horse that was winning at Grafton, wasn't it? It was winning That's at Grafton. That's the horse that won at Grafton, and that won one of the what the race in zero won it a few years earlier. And then I watched um, it when it ran forth at Doombin or something. So clever in that, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember and, it and well. I think, I think that was Jason Taylor's first win back after a very, very bad accident on Saturday. Well, as I said, Ronnie, when you watch the run, you'll, and it's nominated for the Magic Millions, I'm going to have a little something on it as a threat. I'm not saying he can win the race, but there's something about this horse that, yeah, he's just nothing about him, mate. He's a good horse. Okay, I'll have a look now. Right, mate. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your call, Mark. Appreciate that. We might take another break on It's got a $51 chance in the Magic Millions. And it has already firmed in. So it's probably 101 into 51. Punters post-mortem. We've got some calls coming in. Michael is on the line. G'day, Michael. 
please. I'll take you back to the old days. Um, I started on these horses. I was 10. I used to win a lot of money on them. Winona Girl was my... She had charisma, Winona Girl. And that was the year of Morris McCartney and Tommy Smith. Todman was the other one. But I'm a sprint man. Manicard, I'd say, was the best sprinter I've ever back then. I'd have to put Denise's joy in those four horses. Beautiful. Okay, thank you very much for that. Uh, for your call yeah. there, Michael. Um, next call on the line there, Steve. We've got... Uh, who's joining us, mate? Charlie. G'day, Charlie. Good morning. Uh, I just want to find out, because um, I put a bet on Western Empire, and um, I got the races mixed up. I thought it was the railway, but it was actually uh, the Kingston Town I put a bet on. When would that race be on, boys? Saturday week. Yeah, Saturday the 4th. Oh, beautiful, mate. Thank you very much. And... Um, what, what, price you, what price did you take? Because it's now a dollar sixty in the uh, the Kingston Town. At four dollars. Oh, something. Lovely, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very much oh, for that. Thank you so much. And a great show, boys. Keep <laughs> up the good work. Thank you, Charlie. All right. Uh, who have we got next, uh, Steve? We've got Kevin. Lots of calls coming in. G'day, Kevin. Uh, good morning, uh, Dave. What's your question, mate? Uh, listen, mate. Could. Uh... Uh, Dino probably know the answer. I only found out on the weekend. I was looking forward to uh, this Saturday they uh, got the Sandown race meeting. That's generally on every 12 months. Uh, they're having the race meeting at Caulfield, whereas they they raced, uh, they're racing this Wednesday midweek at Sandown and uh, the previous week before. Why is it being held at Caulfield? Uh, well, there's a few reasons. They... they... So they gave Sandown the Underwood Stakes meeting back in September. So they had a Group 1 meeting at Sandown and they traded it for this meeting at Caulfield. There's a few reasons. Uh, I think that they think the, you know, they're hoping that this meeting becomes bigger, you know, a bit later because it's two weeks later than it usually is. Yeah. And I think they're hoping for a bigger turnover. And also, there's a little bit of nostalgia. This is basically the last week of training. Uh, at Caulfield, uh, the, all the trainers get relocated in the next week, uh, and so training finishes. So it's a bit of a. There's been a whole bit of a week down here, you know, the uh, the end of uh, Caulfield as a as a training centre, which it's been for a uh, hundred years or so. Um, so it's uh, yeah, there's there's a bit of a festivity around that as well. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your call there, mate. Uh, Charlie, let's get the chicker on the line. G'day, chicker. As uh, Romney. Yeah, Chica. Yeah, Ronnie. Um, mate, I've heard a lot of people talking about uh, uh, different uh, champions and different versatility of horses and that. And I just heard Michael then bring up Manicardo. Like, he won five William Reeves. He won the Slipper as a two-year-old and he won five Futurities. And I think he got beat by a Spiders by Dulcify, who doing said over 2,400. Over 2,000 in the Australian Cup, yeah. And the Rose Hill Guineas. You know, like that, uh, unbelievable. And when they talk about a horse that was unsound, wow. Like when he was sound, he was virtually unbeatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We forget yeah, those... a lot of us forget quickly. You know, there's so many of them. There's so many of them when you want to delve into it. Uh, but there's always that one or two that come to mind. But I'm sure, well, we all know Manicato. He's, he's, um, he's a name that everyone knows. Yeah. He's, as the caller said, he's still in three year old days. He was. Nearly unbeatable. Uh, he only got beaten, as he said, in the Australian Cup. He won the Futurity when it was run over 1,800 and uh, just beaten in the Australian Cup in the Rose Hill Guineas and then 
went back from the Rosal Guineas to the George Ryder and I think ran the track record a week later. So, Yep, yep. Okay, boys, thank you. Thanks for your call, mate. Appreciate the call, Chico. Let's get to our next caller, Irene. G'day, Irene. Oh, hello. Just a recollection of of, of, of um, Kingston Town. I'm an 86-year-old lady at Rose Hill one day, and there was a big race, and the, there was a presentation, and Kingston Town was facing the crowd, just standing there. The crowd started clapping and clapping and clapping, and Kingston Town started bowing his head up and down and up and down and up and down. Everybody was amazed. Just <laughs> he was acknowledging the crowd. <laughs> yeah, he knew he was good. Yeah, he knew I was he amazed. Was good. That's all I wanted to say. Okay, bye bye. Thanks, Irene. You've only got a limited time on the phone. Um, yeah. Thank you, Irene. Uh, now, where are we going next? Um, Paul. Let's go to Paul. Good day, Paul. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm well, mate. I wanted to give you a wrap. You had an interview with Matthew Dunn a few weeks ago about Coco Rocks. He said the only reason she was at um, his Mwillenbar stables was because she was cutest qualified and she should be in Sydney and she won a Grafton Maiden that day easily then she paid $35 on the weekend I just said great interview are you serious Um, I fell for that interview as well and I backed Coco Rocks so where did she win at it she won at the sunny coast Uh, sunny coast yeah wow she won a race a three year old race there where there were 11 last start winners in the race Oh, okay. Why was she twenty-five to one? I heard that interview with, with Matt from that Ballina race or wherever it was. And I said, and it was three dollars eighty or something. And I, I fell for the interview and backed her and was never in doubt. And would you believe I didn't even see it in there on Saturday? Yeah, she led easily and won easily. Yeah, great. Okay. Very fantastic. Well, mate, the, the, uh, all the trainers that come on. Um, even the way um, Luke Price was talking about uh, Counter Rupee earlier in the week, and it, we appreciate their time for them coming on and uh, look forward to chatting with more of them as the weeks unfold. Thanks for your call, mate. Um, uh, although that's pretty sickening to hear that that did pay that. Oh, dear. Uh, Craig, good morning, Craig. Hey, good morning, fellas. Um, so I grew up uh, in Queensland and was a massive Bow Road fan. And, yes. Uh, I can. I was. My uncle was a penciler, and we always used to do the. I was a runner at the Bay Desert Kilcoy tracks, and you'd see Vic Rail there, even in the height of Bow Road. You know, uh, stri- you know, saddling, strapping up his, um, you know, poor old Neddies in the country tracks, and Cyril Small, who's still riding, I think. Mm. What a what a horse! What a horse! What a story! Yes. <laughs> and um, I. I could I just think of one, one of my favourite Guy, Guy Walter stories, if that's possible? Yes, mate. Yeah, so my dad and I followed Guy Walter since I was 17, and uh, about seven years ago, my dad passed away, and I wrote Guy an email. And uh, my friends and I were down at Mooney Valley one night watching uh, Black Cabin, I think it might have been at Seton Memorial, and um, the Guy rings me the next morning. And he says, lovely email, Craig. Um, thank you very much. Uh, and we had a 10-minute chat. And I'd never met him before. I'd never... Um, and unfortunately, you know, six months later, he passed away himself. So uh, I always hear he was a true gentleman. And, and to me, uh, you know, that, that memory stays very firm. Yeah, no, no bigger gentleman, that's for sure. And um, very slow talkers. The 10 minutes, you wouldn't have got a lot out of him in 10 no. minutes. <laughs> well, I, I thought he was a punk call, first of all. <laughs> so, yeah, great man. Thanks for your call, uh, thank mate. Thank you very much um, for that.
All right, uh, we're approaching 10 o'clock here. Uh, boys, uh, just I'll come back to you here, Dino, in relation to a Ballarat race. Uh, just a few punters here wanting to know your thoughts on this Duchess of Dorset. We did touch on, you know, visually impressive wins, but, uh, gee, Simon Wilde, he's got a, he's got a really nice uh, filly here, hasn't he, or a mare? Yeah, she's won four of six, and she was beaten final day of the carnival, but I, I don't know if the straight really suited her, but... Uh, yeah, she is good. Uh, she uh, she's got a great racing style. puts herself right there and uh, and does everything right. Uh, probably not as ex- as explosive as the other uh, mare that won on the day in Marabi, but uh, she still went very well. Duchess of Dorset. She's a terrific mare. Let's uh, get to our next caller. We've got uh, Matt, Matt on the line. Morning, Matt. Dave, how are you, mate? I'm well. Not, I'm not going to stir you up today, mate. Okay. Uh, Munzi, you followed this horse um, with me at one in Wagga a while ago. You said it'll go to a highway in Sydney. Um, thing of Tim Donnelly's, you obviously know the name of it. Yeah. Where, where, what's happening with it, do you know? Or can we ask? Can we get Tim on and ask him what his plans are with it? Well, I'd probably expecting... Let me look what the highway is on Saturday at Rose Hill. Um... Where is it? Down the bottom here. Well, the, the highway on Saturday is a Class 2 over 1,200. Well, that's the Perfect. ideal race for it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll know today. Well, the noms, noms will come out about 11 o'clock this morning. Okay. So I'd be having a look to see whether it's in there. And then sitting on the phone, wait, refreshing for six dodges. see how short, short it goes up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be loading in. Don't you worry. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, mate. Um, all right. Uh, now, 10.55, we might get some horses to follow out nice uh, and early. Uh, Duff, your horses to follow out of the Kembla meeting. Um, incredulous Dream resumed and I thought was pretty good. Wait till she gets to 1,400. She had the 60 kilos and it wasn't run to suit her. So I like her. And I thought High Baller out of the midway did a really good job. He only won a maiden last preparation. He resumed. He contested a pretty strong... Uh, on pace tempo there and the favourite he put the favourite to bed easy campese you know I like the way he's stuck on so he's come up well and he might win a few races in his right class so incredulous dream and high baller okay uh, Dino your horses to follow yeah I got a few I thought it was a good meeting uh, with a few of these going into summer uh, way to go Paula was terrible first up on a wet track, but got on the dry on Saturday, ran second to Duchess of Dorset, who we were just speaking of. Marabi was the winner of the day, and she'll just she's four from four, and I think she'll keep winning. Uh, and I think Kissinger should have won the uh, benchmark 84, 2,000 metres. He just got held up on the turn, and it was a high-pressure race, and he lost his momentum. Uh, there's a race for him very soon. He's going well, and that race was... Ran a lot quicker than the Cup, so I think you can trust that form. So uh, way to go, Paula, Marabi and Kissinger. Fantastic. All right, beautiful. Mate, um, Munns, your horses to follow. Uh, I've gone completely left field here, Dave. I, I, I was just... Um, that track at Kembla, some horses handled it, some horses didn't. I've gone back to Rose Hill last Wednesday, right? Three horses out of this meeting at Rose Hill last Wednesday. The first of them is a maiden called Lekvate. Trained by Joe Pride, uh, ran in the 1,400-metre maiden there. Uh, was railing up and then sort of it, it had to go sideways for the next 200 metres and then flattened out nice the last little bit. It's got a maiden win or a, a midweek in it, uh, win in it very, very quickly. Uh, in another race there, Thalassophile for Chris Waller. It only had the one start before it ran last Wednesday. Uh, that would it won a maiden on a heavy track at Kembla. Um, it... it 
looking for a little bit more ground now, but it found the line very, very nicely. And this is a knock taker in any race it goes to next start. Francesco Guardi. Uh, another Chris Waller runner there. It had run on a Saturday race at Rose Hill, 1,400, uh, after running in Melbourne uh, at Mornington first up. Uh, then went to a benchmark 72 on Wednesday, and it should have won and won easily. It, as I said, is a knock-taker, whatever race it goes to next up. Beautiful. Guys, uh, at uh, 9.58 on Sky Sports Radio on this Monday, now next week will be our last regular punters post-mortem for 2020, but we will be having, 21 I should say, uh, but we will be having a summer edition um, which will continue on and then we'll be back, uh, what, uh, the Monday after the Millennium Day, won't we, gents? Yep, first week in February or whatever. Yeah, it'll fly. It'll absolutely fly. So uh, before you know it, we'll have all that action from the Gold Coast and uh, then we'll, we'll be still going to get through, of course, that Wong Magic Millions meeting. And then we've got that summer series, don't we, Munns, coming up here in Brisbane, which will complement that summer series as well up there in Queensland. So there's good racing continuing on. And uh, what have we got? The Villiers, the Festival, uh, the Christmas Cup, etc. Summer Cup, uh, plenty of summer racing Cup. down here, Dave. We've got the Summer Series down here where uh, the Provincial Summer Series, that uh, they ran a heat at Gosford on Saturday. And then, of course, we'll work into Magic Millions. We've got the markets up for the two-year-old Magic Millions and the three-year-old Magic Millions. And uh, that uh, Summer Series of racing in Queensland will be focusing on uh, the good two-year-old races there as uh, a lot of horses, not only from down here but up there, and whether or not we get any from Melbourne. Um, to come up to uh, Magic Millions Day. And the week before the Magic Millions, of course, is Tab Wave Day at the Gold Coast. So the Gold Coast will hold pride of place two Saturdays in a row in early January. Gents, right, smack bang on 10 o'clock. Have a good Monday. Have a good week ahead. Uh, looking forward to having you on next Monday as well. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave.